Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kimbo, we're talking about something that's very close to your heart today, and that is the long lunch. Uh, Because it seems to me that you're out to lunch almost every day of the week. Mm. Discuss. Well, there's a school of thought that the long lunch is dead. It died in 1985 when they introduced fringe benefits tax. But I don't think that that's the case. There's no one who loves a long lunch more than me. And I've turned it into a networking tool that just brings me heaps and heaps of business. How? So what I do is I have lunch with a select group of people on a regular basis, usually once every quarter. And we go to a fancy restaurant and sit down and just talk business. And it's not, it's an, it's a very enjoyable process and the business is sort of a byproduct. I'm not asking for work, but heaps and heaps and heaps of work comes out of it. And it's, it's really a bonding session between me and whoever's having lunch with me. And we sit down, we have a great time and it's looking back, it's amazing at how much work is being generated by having a long lunch. So it's all relationship-based, isn't it? it? It's networking, it's relationship-based, it's, uh, well, you've got to eat anyway, that's my excuse, but we just do it in style and we have a good time. And if I'm finding that if I'm having lunch with someone who's um, reluctant to refer to me or not um, sort of if I'm not getting anything out of it, they just get dropped off the list and you replace them with someone else. I mean, at the end of the day, it is business. Yeah. And so you can't just do it. Um, it it's got to be used with the end result in mind. I've got plenty of people that want to go out to lunch with me, but either they're not clients, they, you know, they're just picking my brains during the whole course of the lunch and that's where it all ends. That's where it all should be beginning. So I just don't, I've always made, find that I've got an excuse when they want to have lunch with me. Whereas I'm happy to ring up people that I don't know and invite them out to lunch, which they think is a bit weird. But when we get there and when we um, get stuck in the conversation and we leave, we're like best buddies. Mm. So what, is, what does the actual lunch look like? So the lunch looks like um, organised well in advance at a nice restaurant in Adelaide. My favourite restaurant is Gaucho's, which is probably one of Adelaide's most expensive restaurants. But it needs to be an experience for the customer, the client. It's, there's no good in having... Like, I've got another restaurant, um, which I won't mention, but it's got the best food, but it looks like... People say it's a time warp from the 1970s. So it's not experiential, you know... I want my clients to leave after lunch and talk about how great a time they had having lunch at Gaucho's. Mm. So what will happen is um, we'll meet up, 12.30, 1 o'clock, um, sit down. Do you clear the Arvo? Yeah, yeah, we clear the Arvo. Don't take calls or answer messages while you're having lunch. There is an exception to the rule. If it's an extremely urgent matter, like there's a court case and people are waiting on decisions... <laughs> and you're at lunch, <laughs> I'll sneak out to the toilet and I'll make a quick phone call from the urinal. What? what while peeing? 
Sorry? While peeing. No, 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 no. That's just a good space to walk around and have a conversation without the other person knowing about it. Yeah. After you've done the business. Yeah. <laughs> so entree, main, coffee, yeah, how does it yeah, all work for you? the whole thing. You? No expenses barred, right? So um, if it's a husband and wife client, French champagne on arrival. Right. If it's just a, um, a new customer um, or a, a new colleague, just um, a Legira on arrival, and then uh, we'll order a main, an entree straight away. Don't skip the entree. That's rule number one. Don't Why? skimp on the lunch because it reflects on you. Uh, uh, then go for a main as well. Dessert if you can fit it in. <laughs> And you're doing and this every day. Followed by, <laughs> followed by coffee at the end. For those who haven't seen what Kim looks like, he's actually quite skinny. I have noticed, though, that I'm starting to get a little bit of a spare tyre around the stomach. Yeah. Very minor, but, you know... But that's just a cost of doing business, isn't it? Is it is a cost of doing business. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you drinking, booze? Well, there is a key here. Um, we'll have a bottle of red. Uh, now... I'm offended if the client that I'm with won't drink alcohol because <laughs> it doesn't, you, you know, the relationship was often a little bit hindered by that. Like, yeah, well, you the wanna, barriers are still up. The barriers are still up. You've got to break the ice. And a bottle of red is a great way to do that. Uh, I always offer to pay at the end of it because, you know, you can be having the greatest conversation and then you've got to put your money where your mouth is mm. at the end of it. Um, Alcohol gets paid in cash, meals go on the credit card. Ah. Mm. Mm. There's a little tip for you. There you go. Okay. Good. Right. We'll just let that one sink in with the <laughs> listeners without being too specific. That's right. <laughs> but, the, but the way that the, the lunch goes is uh, I'm asking them questions because they'll feel when they've left the lunch that if they've done my, most of this talking... They've had a great time. And I'll be looking for little inroads into their life that I can speak words of wisdom into. And what I'll find is often after I've had the lunch, mm. I'll be saying as we're going, I'll follow up with this, this and this. Or I'll, be, I'll know people who can help in the situation that they're in. Now, I consider myself to be um, right up there in terms of connections with um, building construction, property, investment, anything to do with finance, I consider myself to be able to help anyone out in any sort of situation. So while they're telling me their life story and what their wife's up to and what their kids are doing and how their house is going, how their business is going, what's happening with their home loans, all of that, they'll be, they'll be dropping little pebbles there that I can pick up and when I've left the lunch, I'll go back to my desk and I'll just type into Notepad all of the comments and things that have all come up and while it's fresh in your mind, it's amazing how much you can remember. Try to recall that a week later, and it's very difficult. But when I have lunch with them three months later, I'll read through those notes before I go to lunch. I'll remember their kids' names. I'll remember the schools they're at. And it'll look like I'm actively taking an interest mm. in their life, as opposed to, what was your son's name again? How old was he? What year is he in at school? Mm. You know, and, and also, between those two lunches, I'll be going back to them and texting them. I don't believe in giving a business card. It's like, what's your mobile number? We're going to text from now on, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I find giving a business card is a little bit abrupt. It's like, here's my business card. I want you to do business with me. I like keeping a little bit less formal. Mm-hmm. So 
what's your mobile number? I've usually found that out beforehand anyway because we're teeing up the lunch mm. and it's usually texting. I find texting is a really good way these days to be able to keep in touch with people. Mm. Um, and so after that lunch, I'll often be coming back with saying, oh, that person's name that you're after is here. Here's their, um, you know, I'll, I'll send the contact through on the iPhone. Um, or if I read, you know, if, let's just say, for example, they say, I'm sick of paying rent in my business. We've outgrown our office. I need something bigger. And I'll be saying, well, what's your price range? What suburb do you want to be in? And then every week or two, I'll be flicking them properties. Mm. And they'll be thinking, wow, this, this guy's great. It's mm. amazing. He's, think, he's got my interests at heart. He's thinking about what I want. These offices are great. And then we'll do business that'll come out of that. Mm. I'll refinance the property. I'll put him in touch with an agent. I'll go out and I'll look at the property with them. I'll bid at auction for them. Whichever way I can help. If I'm really trying to get involved in that person's life, I'll go out of my way to do whatever I can. Mm. And then the conversation will come up with, oh, look, my accountant's not doing that. Mm. I can't believe that you're telling me all this because he's old, he's about to retire, and you're coming up with all these wow, uh, you know, wow, uh, amazing ideas that I can implement in my business. You're bringing value, and then they compare you against them and they go, are you looking for a new client? Yeah. Absolutely. But to perhaps rewind, how do you select the right prospect in terms of the right person to take out to lunch? Okay, so I would go through my client list or my telephone directory and look at, for starters, all the people that have referred customers to me. They'd be at the top of my list because mm-hmm. if they've referred, even if they're not using me as their accountant, it's bizarre. A lot of people will just think that I'm a great accountant, and when my name, when when the word accountant comes up at the barbecue, everyone hates their accountant. They're slamming them. Someone will go into bat for me and say, "Oh, why don't you do this?" And then I'll get a phone call on the Monday morning. Those sorts of people are first on the list. Then the next would be people that I aspire to be like. So I've got a mate of mine who's a lawyer, and technologically, he's cutting edge. He's got mm. offices in Adelaide and Sydney. And his technology and everything in his office is just um, one step above me. His number of blogs on his website would be mine times 10. When I go out to lunch, I'm just picking his brains and I'm telling him stuff that I'm learning. It's a two-way exchange, Mm. but out of our last lunch, I think the lunch cost me $150, but I would have got probably two or $3,000 in legal advice (laughs) that I was typing into Notepad while I was actually sitting at the table, and he knew that, and I explained to him it wasn't responding to a, a text or anything. I was actually yeah. typing down what he was telling me. So it wasn't offensive. And so then moving down from that, then I would be um, looking at people that their name keeps coming up in conversations, like um, people listening to this won't know who we're talking about, but that architect that you and I mm. talk about all the time, yeah, who rides yeah, yeah. his bike to work and takes his dog into the office and yeah. all of that he'd be next on the list because he's got something that I'm really interested in and I'm sick of the number of times that his name's coming up (laughs) in terms of the whole um, architectural space. So I want to actually get into um, Mm. his... um, um, I want to get into his um, contact list. Yeah. And then from there, um, you can see how it's sort of progressing. Okay, and what about... And then the top, my my top clients as well. Okay. Even the ones that aren't referring, but my, my top um, 20% of clients. You've touched on it, but there's a certain awkwardness about the follow-up post-lunch. Some people will just do the lunch and let things take their course. You've mentioned that you're quite proactive in terms of 
identifying areas where you actually might be able to help them that they might have mentioned over the lunch? How do you actually do, how do you actually follow up in a practical way that doesn't make you look like, oh, you know, here's the catch. This is the why, this is why he yeah. took me out to lunch because he's after my work. There's never any of that. It's a, just a different mindset. It's right. Um, how can I touch base with that person and bring some value to the table in whatever I'm contacting them about mm. and make it look like I've considered their situation and I'll, I'll, I'll often give a, a long email response or text or whatever depending on what format I'm going in if I'm sending through documents obviously it's got to be an email but if it's just um, a really straightforward little thing that I've thought of I'll just text it to them but so they, they're constantly getting um, they're getting contacted by me and I'm not bombarding them in any way and they would never feel pressured it's a free will mindset that they're coming to, to the to making the comment that oh wow this guy's really helpful he's bringing all of this information to me to help me and he's not expecting anything in return mm. and what do you do in those situations you can't help but using them in the future mm. you know and it works yeah and naturally if someone's giving to you naturally the vast majority of people are going to be thinking well, how can i actually repay this person how can i actually yeah. um, give back it's human nature you, you know, people have been had it drummed into them since they've been so young. There's no such thing as a free lunch. So they're thinking, well, what is the catch? There is no catch with me, but um, I'm, I'm actually genuinely trying to help them. Mm. And if nothing comes out of it, that's fine. There's no, there's no um, hidden agenda whatsoever. There is, but they are not aware of it. No, but also, as we're saying, whether your intentions are... Um, very much business focused or not, the laws of the world are that you will start getting stuff in return if exactly. you act in that way. Exactly, e- exactly. That's that's exactly right. So, in terms of, well, in your space in particular, accounting professional services, there's obviously a huge emphasis, and rightly so, on the technical skills and knowledge of that expert. But for you, what? In terms of building a practice, what, what's been most important? Yeah, I, I find that business knowledge is just worth so much more than technical knowledge. There are so many accountants out there and tax lawyers. So what, what, are, you, what are you saying exactly? You're talking about more of an overarching knowledge of business rather than yes, specifically yes. accounting I, and tax I'm or talking about the knowledge that I've gained from being out there in the marketplace and doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Like, so every time I'm offering advice, it's coming from experience. It's not coming from a textbook mindset. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you consider the advice you're going to get from a teacher at uni or a tutor or a lecturer compared to a successful person in that field mm-hmm. who's actually doing it. Completely different set of advice and coming from a different viewpoint. So... If ever I'm giving tax advice, I'm never quoting section numbers of the Tax Act. I'm talking, and the dialogue goes along the lines of loopholes and, and uh, in my opinion, and um, in this situation, this has worked. And you know, you see the different mindset. It's easier to read and and to digest. And I'm talking in stories too mm. with the client. And I'm talking in terms of examples. And I've, I'm not. You know, you've got to sort of dumb down the advice as if you're talking to a 12-year-old. Well, yeah, and you've got 
with business knowledge and the fact that you're going on lunches with these people, you're learning about their life and the challenges they're facing, you can actually give context rather than just saying, well, this is what the tax laws are and, and this is the black and white nature of it. You can actually put it in context for them because, you know, you understand how um, a guy's plumbing operation works. You understand how the builder operates in his consideration. So you actually understand the business. I can yeah. see the importance of that. Exactly. And I always wear suit and tie. Uh, it's amazing, but if I don't, someone will always make a comment about it. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, oh, you're just doing the maintenance today. or It's so much easier not to... It, it's physically hard to put the suit and tie on every day, but it just works. And I can understand from the client point of view, even if they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt they still want their most trusted advisor sitting alongside of them in the suit and tie they love it Hmm. because um it's they feel as though um they're bringing someone who takes their job seriously who's well presented who um is not casual and relaxed about the approach to their file you know it just filters through in every aspect of the way that you walk and talk if you're if you're um dressed like a businessman I know quite a few people who aren't relational or they might hear what you're saying and saying, Kim, like, that's great for you because that's what a person you are, but for me, I feel a bit awkward. Is there a way to be able to do this? Um, I don't know. Like, what would you recommend for someone like that? I, I just um, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Do it, but just do it. Take what I've suggested and just modify it and do it in a manner that works for you. Now, if that means having lunch at, um, you know, a coffee shop down the road and, and not sitting down and, and uh, whining and dining with this client, but just making conversation in a coffee shop with them, that's fine. Just mm. do what fits comfortable with you. If you're not comfortable wearing a suit and tie, just wear whatever, you know, but maybe just take my advice and just notch it up a little bit. Hmm. Some of the advice that I've given some people talking about the same sort of thing is to get comfortable with it by starting with people that you've got a bit of a connection Mm. with or a bit of Mm. a relationship with initially. So you lose that awkwardness right away. Like you might have done business with them already over the course of a year, uh, over the course of a a period. You might, um, they might actually be a friend. Mm. That can be a good way to to get started. And, And even if you've got a close buddy and you say, look, I just need to get some experience of going out to lunch. Are you happy if I shout your lunch at such and such a restaurant? Mm. I don't know the staff there. If you know the staff and all of that, that adds to the experience for your customer. Well, get them to, that friend of yours, to bring a prospect. Yeah. And that way you don't have that awkwardness because it's not one-on-one. You've got, you've got a chaperone. You might find it's a complete waste of time because that person might be a salary wage employee working for such and such, but... You're learning from that experience. Mm. And when you're doing this, you've got to have the mindset that you're not going to go back to the office, right? Um, And if you're in networking mode, you will hardly be in the office and you've got to let your staff know that. Mm. And they need to work around that because in these bigger firms, I remember every time I got back from lunch late, everyone would frown at me. (laughs) You, you know, you, you sort of almost got in trouble for it, but if you actually look at the results on the board, 
it's amazing how much work comes out of that mm. and everyone needs to sort of more or less congratulate you when you come back to the office mm. after that and say how did it go what came out of the lunch what did you learn you know all of that sort of thing and when we're saying before about not following up and putting pressure there is no pressure what I'm doing is a free will follow up free will advice free financial um, input into their lives the only the worst that's going to happen from my point of view is that I'll do it three or four times and if nothing comes out of it they'll just drop off the list yeah you know so it's not the end of the world you're not looking at it as something that's really transactional no it's not like like I remember I went out for a fundraiser for the Liberal Party and I went out for a meal and the donation at the back of the table was optional um, it was a nice meal and everything, but there was pressure. Like the mm. guy who was hosting it said, "Look, give as much as you can afford." And I'm thinking, "Hang on, there's no kids with cancer here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is just a political agenda that you've got, and that you're asking us to support." Anyway, I went up there and looked at the um, donation forms, and the donation started at three thousand dollars, and they worked their way up to twelve thousand. Now, remember, only fifteen hundred of that's tax deductible but it was sort of implied that the whole lot would be tax deductible. And I'm thinking, how am I going to explain this to Sophie? $3,000 donation for lunch. <laughs> dinner, it was dinner. Anyway, um, plenty of people there were just writing checks and giving it to the host as you walked out the door. Uh. And he was saying, oh, that's very generous, well done, you know, thank you. And it came to me and I said, look, I've got the paperwork in my pocket, I'm going to go home. I didn't bring my checkbook. I'll sort it out. When I got to the car, I think, yes, I've dodged a bullet. <laughs> anyway, an email came through on the Thursday saying, I didn't receive your donation. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, yes, there's a real big hook there, which yeah. I didn't really like. But thank God there was a hyperlink on the bottom of the email that went to their normal donations page. Donations started at 150 bucks. Beautiful. Thank God. There's so I just filled it out. There's your 150 <laughs> Would have I paid $150 for that meal at a restaurant? doubtful okay so that's that's some good context all right well another very interesting chat kimbo um maybe let's finish off with give us a very quick strategy for someone to have a bit of a plan in terms of their lunches how how should they get going with this okay so i would go back to the office sit down work out uh say um lunch monday next week or fridays could start with fridays because everyone generally doesn't get a lot of work done Friday afternoons. Um, look at your top referrers and just ring, uh, text them or email them. Probably email is the best way to do it now. Um, and just say, look, are you available for fr- uh, lunch next Friday at 12.30? You don't have to tell them where it's going to be. I would just text them the morning before, depending on how I'm feeling, um, as to where it's going to be. And if they say no, then you do the next one as your best referrer. And then if you can't get any... Yeses, you keep going to your top clients. Your 20, you know that Pareto principle that the 20% of your top clients refers 80% of your work? You'll be amazed when you have lunch with those people what work comes out of that. Mm. So start with them. I think that after two or three, you'll find that someone will be keen to have lunch. And make it implied that can I take you out for lunch mm. so that they know that you're paying for it. And, and, and that's important during the whole meal because you're selecting the wine. You're, they're your guest. Mm. You know, so that would be my tip and just see what comes out of it. Excellent. Thanks for listening to Accounting Insider. Visit the website, accountinginsider.net, to connect with Kim. Thank you. Thank you.